Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care and God bless. Again, to repeat Pastor Matthew's words, uh, welcome uh, to St. Andrew Lutheran Church as we continue um, our sermon series on storm proof as we dive uh, deeply into uh, these topics of life and circumstance. Little, you know, did we know, or at least we thought that with a big hurricane in Florida, the thinking earlier on in the summer when the sermon series was planned, that this would be a good one storm proof, using our faith, using our biblical uh, wisdom and tradition. Uh, to weather circumstances uh, in our lives. And so we come back again, and the topic today is staying calm. Kind of a, maybe a how-to, maybe a where from do I and we as Christians draw uh, from our traditions to try to stay calm. A few couple of stories and then some lessons for living here uh, this morning as we, as we gather for the sermon I'm here now. But I thought uh, that we would maybe just dive into the deep waters just for a moment. Get into those deeper waters. Little did I know uh, 10 years ago now uh, that my family uh, would survive the revolution in the country that we were living. Egypt's revolution happened in 2011. In the aftermath, we evacuated. You've heard some of those stories before, some of you um, anyway. Little did I know that that storm would come upon us. Little did I know also that the bone marrow that I donated out of these very hips to my father's leukemia treatment 11 years ago wouldn't work. So nine months later, I was giving the eulogy at his funeral with my brother and my sister. Little did I know, and we know as a young married couple, that it's not so simple having children. And I preached here at St. Andrew in the past that miscarriages have happened in so many people's lives. And when I shared it out loud a few years ago that it happened to us, people came up and said, thank you for mentioning it out loud. Little did I know when I was young and idealistic and it seemed so easy, but it's not. Storms, storms that happen. And I'm saying these things to you here this morning because I know that I'm not the only one. Am I right? Thank you. Because you need to also say, yes, Pastor Peter, you are not the only one who goes through storms. Am I right? Good. So here we are as people of faith gathered, storm-proof and keeping calm. And I hope that as we set the bar here at this deep water mark, that we can rebuild and find places where we can see some strength and courage. So we start with the Bible. We start with the land of the Bible. We start with how Jesus 2,000 years ago started to create a new ministry, a new understanding of God. There was a history and a faithful understanding that was wide and deep and rich already, but Jesus totally transformed what that was in his earthly ministry in that place. And the setting in that place was the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee in northern Israel, 
And this is a lovely picture of Michelle and me from a, a pilgrimage trip that we led from St. Andrew on the Lake of Galilee. I mean, this isn't a very big sea. It's called the Sea of Galilee, but it's the lake, really, that's in northern Israel. Michelle and me with 35 fellow members, some of whom are here uh, in this room, and some will be going on the trip in March um, here as well from St. Andrew as we go about uh, the cabin, so to speak, post-pandemic um, on new travels. But on this very same trip, this was the, the look outside of our hotel window uh, the next day. You can't tell that the wind is blowing. You can see the storm cloud that's moving in, but storms are coming on the Sea of Galilee, and that's the setting for our gospel reading here today. Storms are coming. But what I also think it's important is when we read the Bible that we take a look at not just the little passage that I read for you a moment ago, but the entire chapter. And so the chapter eight of Matthew is what I want to talk about here and about the unspoken and the spoken storms in chapter eight. What's the whole chapter of eight all about? There was one leper who came to Jesus. Now, it's really hard for us to put ourselves into the shoes of a leper. But a leper lives without much at all. Ostracized, sinful, outside of the norm of society, without a doubt. So this leper comes up to Jesus and says, if you choose, I can be made well. And Jesus, in one of those great lines in scripture, I do choose. So this leper in his storm is healed. Just a few verses after that then, the centurion approaches Jesus and his servant is ill. And Jesus turns that relationship, a centurion of all people, someone who fights for the, fights for the Romans, receives and gives and gets something. Uh, and especially the servant also receives um, a fullness and a healing. In Capernaum then, the very next little part of this uh, Matthew chapter eight, Peter's mother-in-law is sick with a fever. How many of us have had our mothers and fathers who have been sick before? How many of us, like me, when mom got sick with COVID, not once, but twice, and I live in Minnesota and she's in Pennsylvania, she's fine. But our mothers and our fathers get sick. And Jesus reached out and touched her hand and she was made whole um, again. And then there are the, the great clouds. What I love about Matthew 8 and so many other places is that the people see that Jesus can do these things and they place hope, hope in him and they flock to him and they make their way over, over to him. And what I love about this humanity of Jesus as well is that he gets to the point uh, in this healing in chapter eight where he just is tired of working for and being available for the children of God. His humanity comes out. He says, I just wanna get into a boat. I just need to get away for just a little bit of time. How wonderful it is to know that a savior works so hard that at the end of the day, he just needs a break to get onto the boat to make his way um, away for just a moment because they will be waiting for him on the other side, these great crowds of people. And that's where our reading here comes into play. The disciples are in the Sea of Galilee and for the first time we have rain and we have winds and we have waves, at least in that meteorological definition of a storm. But I wanted you to see in chapter eight that there is a lot of storm going on here in chapter eight. 
a ton of storm going on. And of course, the key thing in all of it is how Jesus' ministry, his life, his love, um, his presence, his words of encouragement um, are in each and every one of these storms. It is the good news as we start to climb our way out of these circumstances. So three lessons for living here um, this morning. Number one, I want us to think about these words we're not as calm as we look. As a graceful way of saying to everyone here who has been through a storm, and I saw the nods of people who have been through storms, that we are not as calm as we look, but we're really good at looking calm. We had a meeting uh, with the new social worker who's embedded in the Eden Prairie Police Department a couple of months ago. Her name is uh, Molly, uh, Molly Mitley. She's really wonderful. She came out of Minneapolis and is now serving embedded in the Eden Prairie uh, Police and Fire Departments as a response to the George Floyd murder and try to help our police officers do the work of policing and a social worker do the social work process. You know um, the story around that. Molly is great addition um, to the staff. Well, she was talking about uh, being in Eden Prairie, and I asked the question, so what's the difference between your being in Minneapolis and being uh, uh, here in Eden Prairie? What have, you, what have you noticed, or what did you expect? She said, you know, um, in some ways, I kind of expected Eden Prairie to be really easy because, you know, people are wealthier. Um, you know, there's more single-family dwellings. And then there was like that but coming. But she said, what I have found over the course of my time, she started in January of this year, um, she said, there is no difference between Minneapolis and Eden Prairie. It's just that people in Eden Prairie are so very good at keeping everything behind their, their front doors. In Minneapolis, she said, we dealt with mental illness, relationship breakups, circumstances out on the streets. But in Eden Prairie, it's all behind the closed doors. So whether or not we think about those images uh, from Molly and her orientation now in one year's uh, service uh, in Eden Prairie, um, or even how it is that we as people stay calm in the midst of storms, uh, there certainly is the reality that we put up as best as we can uh, the kind of, uh, of courage and strength so that I'm, I'm doing just fine while underneath there's all kinds of things going on. And I wanna give you the grace and the permission to recognize that we are not as calm as we look or you are not as calm as you look. That's okay. That's okay. Just on Friday morning, we had a memorial service here of, of a large group of Ghanaians from Africa. What I really appreciated among many other aspects of working with this family in the, in the memorial, the funeral service on Friday was this outward display of grief. The widow collapsed here on the floor in front of Matthew during the service. People were right there, you know, it was okay. But it's just the outward display of grief. You know, I'm doing just fine. Everything's good, thank you for asking. Or just collapse. We maybe like to do that behind our closed doors. That's okay too. 
but we're not as calm as we look, and that's okay. More about that in a second. These types of storms are also memoir moments. Sometimes we make them memoir moments a lot faster than we should, I think. What's a memoir moment or an audio, autobiographical moment or something like that? These are the events of your life uh, that are the new chapters. The times when you uh, have an experience, and perhaps it is a storm, where it is a new chapter um, in your life. Maybe it's the loss of a wife or a husband. Uh, it's just a new start, new job, new move, or, or whatever. And we end up with this, uh, oh yeah, look at all that I learned in this process. Turning him into memoir moments a little bit too soon. Now I can say certainly that there are people here in the sanctuary that are in the middle of the storm right now. And so for me to say, ah, oh, this is a memoir moment for you is not exactly good pastoral care. I'm not listening with thoughtfulness in that mind. I do though remember a story that I experienced way back 15 years ago or so. I was dealing with this plantar fasciitis in my feet. I did not follow my, my dad's advice to not skimp on shoes in this particular occasion. I bought cheap cleats and they flattened my arches and I dealt with that pain in my feet. And I went to the doctor and the doctor said, uh, Peter, uh, um, you will get better, but I just don't know when. And I said to, said to uh, Dr. Smith, uh, thanks for nothing, uh, you know. I'll do my stretches before I get out of bed. And he said, well, someday you will get up and realize that you're not thinking about your feet anymore. So my point when we're going through storms here too is that they do actually become memoir moments. These storms do. I'd also be willing to say um, that many of you consider yourselves to be better people, more decent people, more because of these experiences that we've had, though we don't want to have them, but we live through them and then we get to the other side of them um, and eventually that pain or that acute pain passes and then, and then we end up saying, what did I learn from this? What did I purge out of this? What became central in this? Almost as though perhaps it's the, these experiences that become valuable in life. Research actually shows that a balanced person is one who weathers storms well and learns from them as you go through them and get beyond them and they're in the rear view mirror. So memoir moments are one way that we can quickly say this is what it is, but let's not get there um, too quickly. So finally, then, I just wanted to share with you what I think is the anatomy of a storm and give, you, give a couple of examples as well. A storm, obviously, yep, and here I go again with my drawings. Thank you. I know I'm getting so much better at them. Thank you. A circle. It's not even very round, is it? But a storm always starts with me, and it starts with you. There's always that thing within us. It, it involves you. You are in it. You are there. But there's also a we always in the anatomy of a storm. This we that I hope you're a part of a family. I hope that you are, have friends or you have colleagues. 
I hope that you have church members that are in a small group that maybe do patio crawls or Bible studies um, or whatever, but you're not alone in that. There's a we in it. And then finally, the thee. And I'm getting back to Jesus as every sermon ought to do as we consider ourselves to be faithful people. Can I hear you say these words? I am a Christian. I'm a Christian. One more time. I am a Christian. One of the things that I learned in the Middle East, serving there as a missionary um, for those years, from my Christian brothers and sisters there, was to not be bashful when it comes to being a faithful person and being a Christian. Now you may know a little or you may know a lot about history in the Middle East and about, uh, about the challenges um, that exist uh, there uh, politically and socially. But one of the positives of all of that history and circumstance is that strong, proud, confident identity that I don't think we necessarily claim in the same fullest way as we could or we should. When I ask you to say, I'm a Christian, I want you to believe that, that you are a child of God. And when I say thee, me, we, thee, thee is just maybe one of these circles, I don't want us to, uh, uh, to, 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 to put it along the side too far off or just, it occurs to me, no, you are a Christian. You are claimed and loved by God. You are claimed and loved by God. Sometimes when we're in a chaos of a storm, sometimes the me circle gets so big that everything else gets crowded out, right? We all know what that feels like. When something is so big, all I can think about is me. And then the we gets really small and the, and the the gets really small too. Alex called me uh, last week um, when he was commuting in uh, to his office. Alex is our oldest son. He's 23 years old. He's in his first job, graduated from college a year and a half ago, and is doing great, living on his own, bought a car, you know, living the life. But he called me on that, on that morning uh, earlier on this week and said, Dad, uh, I've never lived through a recession before. I'm 52 years old. I can remember recessions. I can remember wars. But my 23-year-old can't. So his me circle got really big because he's got a future that he's looking out for. But what did I tell him? And how do we put one foot in front of the other through storms of life and circumstance? What I did, I said to Alex, I know you're concerned as we all are in different levels, but your we is that your mom and I love you and we'll be here for you, always. And Alex, don't forget that you're a child of God. Sounds so simple. But you can run any storm through that filter and find some peace and some center, I think. Because when we're looking for something in the midst of chaos, 
the concrete and the sequential or the systematic people that we are need to be reminded that we're always a me, but we're always a we, and we're all, we always have the God in Christ's love and grace as a companion with us. And then we can, I hope, weather the storms of life. I'm gonna close my sermon with an invitation. Sometimes we give homework. This is more of an invitation to you. And I'm gonna lean forward here two weeks to All Saints Sunday coming up in two weeks from today, first Sunday of November, 9 a.m., 10.30. I'm gonna go all the way through, okay? We have a special choral arrangement that's been commissioned that will be sung by our choir um, two weeks from today. Everybody who you know have been through a storm of the loss of a loved one. Everyone that you know. That's a storm. I would like to think that you could take a moment to think about the people in your life who were weathering that storm and say, would you come to church with me? Because we will light individual candles for each person that we know and love and have lost and who are now um, in perpetual glory with God. And remember how we do this. We put the, the tea lights down here. We all come up. We all put the candle down. And it's that kind of ritualistic service and invitation where people can have brought into their lives, there's the me, but then there's the we, all of us together in mourning with God by our side with us in the promises of God that will enlighten, that will sustain, and will keep us in the faith. My hope is that this church is full. Because storm is real. But grace, gospel, good news, the love of Jesus, the community of faith is just as real and powerful. That's two weeks away. I know it's gonna take you 10 days to summon the courage, but that's why I'm doing it now. So thank you for listening. Thank you for weathering the storms uh, with me as we as your pastors weather the storms with you as we, we make up the community and a life of faith together. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you, and God bless.